the, the title of my message today is, God, say the word and I shall be healed. Say the word and I shall be healed. This was a, um, a thought that I had had almost all last week, and I was wondering, okay, how on earth am I going to put this together? And I mentioned it in Sunday school. I heard we were listening to the, I think it was God television or something, and the guy preached, and he had a really good sermon on a certain text, and I thought, well, I'm going to preach on that one. And I started trying to write it up on that, and I said, no, let's go back to the first one. <laughs> so this is it. But did you know that there's a difference between healed and cured? Healed means to become sound and healthy again. Cured means relieved of symptoms. So a cure signifies the banishment of a physical illness, but healing could mean not only the banishment of a physical illness, but a um, repairing and strengthening of mind, body, and spirit, improving the quality of life. So whenever we are, you know, we pray for healing, you know, so many times, you know, from my background, I always thought when you pray for somebody for healing, we think, okay, they got to get better. And if they're not better, then you didn't have enough faith. But healing is more than just the eradication or the elimination of an illness or the cure of symptoms, but it is, it is more than that. It is touching the spirit and the soul, the mind, the heart, and the body. So the body may not be affected. The body may not respond, as it were, to uh, the illness is gone. But it means also that the person is touched by the Spirit of God, and it could be something for their mind, their heart, their soul. So healing is more than, and I know we, are, we believe in divine healing, the, the, the miraculous interaction, divine interaction of God into a situation to alter and make someone to, not only make them, but to heal them, restore them to their, to restore them to health. But as we're looking at this, and as we've come through Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we need to know that what happened on those two days affects all mankind for eternity. And it's not just a weekend once a year, like Christmas and Easter, the Christers, <laughs> people, you know, people who show up one, one, two times a year. But that's all right, they're here, and we'll, we'll, we'll do the best we can with everything. So Good Friday and the Resurrection Sunday is the price paid for the fall in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, uh, everything that they failed at was confronted by Christ, and it was conquered. And so that Friday, with the, the stripes and the crucifixion and the resurrection, we find that Jesus was conquered death, hell, and the grave. So the effects of those two days are eternal. They affect us from before we were born to long after we're gone. That the resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that is um, an eternal effect. It is a life-changing, it is a... Um, earth-shattering, um, eternity-altering um, event. And today's scripture that I have is Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. This verse is one that is filled with the language of substitution. It means 
the exchange of Jesus for my sins, our sins. Jesus is the one who took upon himself the sin of the world. And so this verse, as we said, is a language of substitution and says he was pierced. You know, I, the idea of piercing is the idea of thorns, nails, and spear. He was pierced for our transgressions. Now, this suffering servant, Jesus, um, he was there not for his own sin because he was sinless, but he as the substitution for our sins and for all sinners and for all sin. Jesus is here recipient of God's wrath for sin, crushed um, for our iniquities. We know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the gift of God is something that we receive through Jesus Christ. The chastisement of our peace. Did you ever, know, ever wonder what that, what that referred to, the chastisement of our peace? It means that he suffered the punishment of God in order to acquire that we would have peace with God. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So he went through this to acquire our peace with God. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. That's why he could say that. Because he, he suffered and he acquired that um, peace with God. By his stripes we are healed. And if we think of that in the, in the understanding that we have with uh, uh, healed and cured, we find that we become sound and healthy again. By his stripes we are healed. We become sound and healthy. It's, so it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing, it's a physical thing, it's an emotional thing, because we are sound and healthy. And the consequences of sin no longer can hinder, badger, <laughs> tempt, they're not there because that has been broken by the blood of Christ. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 6. I don't think I gave this one to you. And this was one that I found, and it says, From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness. There is nothing healthy. Only wounds, welts, and festering sores, neither cleansed or bandaged, nor soothed with oil. It talks about the crucifixion of Jesus, and he's, Isaiah is saying there isn't one place on his body that isn't beaten and bruised and, and, and hurt for us. And it, and it goes on that his wounds and suffering were not his, but he went through them for us. He uh, healed, so by his stripes we are healed, it is a physical cure. It is a relief of symptoms. So whenever we're praying for healing, you know, we, we need, we need praying for, for our own life, praying for someone else, for them to get well. You know, it doesn't, and, and we want, we pray and believe for a recovery um, that they, they become well uh, and that, you know, they're restored to, to normal. But it's, it is more than that. It is, a, it is a cure, it is a repairing and strengthening of the mind and spirit to improve the quality of life. So when God heals us by his stripes we are healed, he improves the quality of our life. Think of that, that, that our life and the quality of our life, how we live and the good that we get out of it, 
is because of the stripes of Jesus Christ taken upon himself that we don't have to carry the burden of sin. And we don't have to carry guilt and condemnation and all those things with us. Peter wrote it this way in 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And I was I always wondered, you know, okay, why does the, why does the scripture says, why does he bore it on a tree? It was a cross. Well, the tree in the, in the translation is that which is wooden. So tree is wooden, and it can't be interpreted cross or tree. So and that's why it's there. I found that out, something I learned. Man, you never know what you're going to learn. But the best is yet to come, all right? So um, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed to mend, to cure. So Jesus bore our sins, meaning he is a substitute. To bear someone's sin is to be punished for them. Jesus bore the punishment and the penalty for sin, thus satisfying God's wrath or God's um, breaking of God's law had to, be, had to be paid for. This great doctrine of substitutionary atonement is the heart of the gospel meaning that Jesus died for my sin. He died for our sin. Our part, when we have received this forgiveness, once Christ, we recognize Christ's forgiveness and the blood of Christ, and we ask for that forgiveness, we having died to sin. Now, died to sin, we would think, well, if I'm dead to sin, that means I'll never sin again. Well, this is the miracle of being in Christ, is living in him. I live and move and have my being, my meaning for life in Christ. Being removed from sin is to be set apart from sin. So it isn't that we're in a, or, uh, a different life or someone else where there is no sin. We are set apart from it, that it isn't, it isn't where we live. doesn't mean we're not tempted to go there, but it means that we don't live there anymore. You know, I, I remember the illustration um, years ago is that you're flying an airplane 30,000 feet, 40,000 feet. It's in that atmosphere, but it's not of that atmosphere. <laughs> it's in that 30,000 feet, but that's not where it lives. It just visits there. <laughs> and they have the pressurized cabins so you don't blow your ears out and all that stuff. Well, we are in this world, but this isn't where we live. Our, our life is based in someone else, in Jesus Christ. And he has given us the power because we are dead to sin. You know, we are tempted to sin, but it's like, you know, you can put a, you can put a new saddle on a dead horse, but it's not going to get up. That's a farmer joke. Okay. So we have died to sin and live for righteousness. The penalty of sin is paid for. We, we have a reason now to move from our sin. We move to righteousness, which is a new way of life, which is a right standing with God. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live this new life. And by his stripes, we are healed. Healed to becoming sound and healthy, repaired and strengthening of mind and body and spirit, improve the quality of life. <laughs> so we are healed. So we go, as Peter was writing this, he was writing it to the slaves 
He was telling the slaves who were being beaten by their masters, who were, these were Christian slaves, and they were beaten and, you know, going through the harassment by their masters, and, and he's telling them who Jesus is. He bore their sins on the, on the cross. They were dead to sin. They are alive to righteousness. By his stripes you are healed. The, 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 the place where you live as a slave hasn't changed, but you've changed where you live inside. Notice that the privileges that we have in Christ. We are removed from sin. That Christ bore our sin. And not, we not only are forgiven, we are restored. We live in a place of righteousness. We rise to walk in newness of life. Who by his stripes we are healed. A sovereign act of God. A divine restoration. So we find that God has done something we could never do for ourselves. He set us in a right relationship with him. Divine healing, it's attributed to the direct action of God, usually in response to faith. When we pray for someone to be well, it isn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean we stop praying. We keep praying and believing because we never know what God is going to do and when he's going to do it, so we keep believing and asking. We know that he bore our sins on the cross in order that having become lost to those sins, we might live to righteousness. We are lost to those sins. Those sins no longer, we, can't, we, don't, we don't want to go looking for them but we are lost to those sins. Then Psalm 107. Now you may think, well, he's stuck on this Easter sermon again, you know, but this is the main part of my message. This This is why I wrote this sermon. We had to start with Christ. We had to start with the word of God. We had to start with the eternal aspect of what Jesus has done. But Psalm 107, verse 19 Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for for his unfailing love and his wondrous deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings. He sent out his word and healed them. That implies that the word is that it was almost like it's a personalized event. That God gave it to an angel and said, this is my word, take it to them. Okay? Well, whenever we start thinking about that, who is the word? Jesus is the, the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the one who brings his word to us. See, the word of God is alive and active and, 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 and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is that which is working in our life, and God brings it to us. Whenever we read the scriptures, it is God bringing this life-giving word to our lives. Isaiah fifty-five eleven says, So shall my word be that, so shall my word uh, that goes forth out of my mouth 
it shall not return to me void. God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I send it. God sends his word to us for a purpose. And every time we pray, every time we read the scriptures, every time we pull a promise out of the scriptures, it is like God sending that word to us. It's like Jesus himself walking up to us and saying, this is my word for you. This is my word. So God is sending his word to us. And that's what's going on here in this psalm. And the, the commentaries talked about possibly this is the time in which Moses was leading the children of Israel um, out of Egypt and they're in, and they're in the desert. And um, they, the people are fed up with Moses. They're fed up with God. And uh, they, they, they want to go back to Egypt. You know, so at least they can eat there and not have to wander through the wilderness and eat that manna, that that whatever it is, that's what manna means, what is it? Whatever it is that they pick up, and they were just all fed up with it. So what happened was God sent uh, a lot of snakes. <laughs> well, it, I don't know if God sent them or they were already there, because there is a place east of the Dead Sea that is still inhabited by lots of snakes, okay? It's, it's still there. So this is where the historians feel that the, the, the children of Israel were and where they came upon all these snakes that they were, they were being bitten and, and dying. So God sent his word to Moses and said, make a staff, put, snakes on, you know, put a snake on it, you know, the image of a snake, and everyone who looks at it will be healed. Now, the people, their prayer was, God removed the snakes. <laughs> and God's response was, you know, you, you, this, is, this has come upon you because of your uh, anger at God and not being able to, you know, the reason you're in the wilderness is because you chose not to enter the promised land, <laughs> okay? And so you're, putting, you're, you're wandering around here until it's time for, you to, for your children to enter into the promised land. And so you're grumbling and complaining. And so you, these snakes, you came into this place for all these snakes in heaven. Everybody's dying. So here's the, the, here's the cure, this pole that has a snake on it. Now, years ago, the uh, meadow, the medical symbol that, you know, medic, that physicians and hospitals use with is a, a pole with a snake on some have two on it and it was I remember when I was growing up or referenced it it was a reference to Moses and that now it's now they don't say done it's not that it's 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 to some Greek mythology thing but it originally came from Moses so it wasn't some Greek mythology so what was going on is God sent his word the people had to respond to it. If they chose not to respond to it and they were bitten with the snake, they died. But if they chose to respond to the word and look to what God had provided, they were healed. God sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He rescued them from the pit. He rescued them from destruction. In our life, God is sending his word. 
into our life. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. People have latched on to that promise, feeling that God had brought it to them, that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Some people have latched onto that whenever they are in personal need. And what happens? It is, a, it is a promise that God has brought to them. He sent out his word to accomplish a purpose. You see, the word that comes to us, it has to start with forgiveness. Because if we are not forgiven and we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, all this other just kind of means nothing. But it begins with forgiveness. It begins with our name being written in God's book of life. It begins with God telling us we are his child. We've entered into this relationship with Christ, into this covenant with God, this agreement between God and us. It's a relational experience in which God says to us, I love you more than you'll ever know. Now, I am sending you my word. I'm bringing it to you. I'm bringing it into your heart. I'm bringing it into your life. <laughs> the word of God is our prescription for healing. You see, in Psalm 107:20, which we've already read, he sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. They had to be part of their healing. They had to actively participate in their healing. We have to actively participate in the promises of God. He doesn't, sit down, he doesn't say, sit down and do nothing, I'll take care of this. <laughs> as they, you know, whenever the, the, the lepers and times when Jesus healed people, he says, as they went, they were healed. So sometimes it's just a declaration of faith of stepping out on what we know, and it's, it's the, the, the re- being the recipient of what God has brought to us. Isaiah 53, 5, we also have done this before. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. This is God sending his word to us. And what does it mean? It means that Jesus died for our sins. And, you know, one of the challenges of the the coronavirus or the COVID was that we had nothing in our bodies that would uh, be able to fight off the disease. So we were susceptible to 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 the virus and to the disease. But there was no cure. We didn't have any resistance to it. And so that was what the, the, you know, the trouble was in, in, you know, with, with the, you know, the isolation and the mask and all those things. Well, now uh, we're starting to develop an immune system, immunity to the, to, the, uh, to the disease. You see, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are not only immune to sin, it is, has no hold on us. And that it doesn't, you know, as uh, we have colds and things like that. Well, it's, the, the sin is crushed <laughs> by the power of God and that, the, that God has the power to give to us in bringing to us the word that's telling to us we have, that sin has no part of your life. 
There is no lingering effect of your previous sins. There's no lingering effect. You see, you are removed from it. Now, there's a, there is a temptation to go back, but that's not where we live. We live in the present going forward with Christ. And he brings his word to us. <laughs> the good news of the scripture says, by his stripes, we are, we are healed. Jesus received all these things in his body so that we would not have to. He took our guilt, he took our shame, he took our failures upon himself, and we are healed. We are set right, physically, mentally, spiritually. We are set right with God. Isaiah 41.10. Now remember, God is bringing this to us. He says, don't worry, Isaiah 41.10, don't worry, I am with you. Do, don't be afraid, I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will support you with my right hand that brings victory. Look, some people are angry with you, but they will be ashamed and disgraced. Your enemies will be lost and disappear. You will look for the people who were against you, but you will not be able to find them. Those who fought against you will disappear completely. I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand, and I tell you, don't be afraid. I will help you. God is sending his word to you. He sent his word. His word is a message that performs his will. Hebrews 4.12, the word is alive and active, quick and powerful. You see, the, the, the word is life. It, it speaks to us, it moves in us, it moves our thoughts and it moves our imagination, it moves our spirit. There are many other verses. Um, Isaiah 40, verse uh, 31, we'll just go there. Uh, but those who trust in the Lord will become strong again. They will be like eagles that grow new feathers. They will run and not grow weary or weak. They will, knock, they will walk and not faint. He brings his word to us. Those who are discouraged, those who feel like they can't make it. Um, um, what else? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. <laughs> Don't worry. Be happy. No, that's not, the, that's not it. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's a, that's a song. A long time ago song. Don't worry and say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? That's what people who don't know God are always thinking about. Don't worry because your Father in heaven knows what you need, that you need all these things. What you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to. Then he will give you all these things you need. He sent his word to us. Don't worry. Psalm 91, verse 14. The Lord says, if someone trusts me, I will save them. I will protect my followers who call to me for help. When my followers call to me, I will answer them. 
I will be with them and they, when they are in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will give my followers a long life and show them my power to save. The Lord sends his message to us. <laughs> he sent his word and healed them. You see, as we read the scriptures and we find the applications to every event that we have in our life, you know, the, the scriptures cover it all. And as we find those things and find these scriptures, they're not only just for those individuals that were written thousands of years ago, but they are written for us. He sent his word and healed them, repairing, strengthening of mind and spirit to improve the quality of life. Even if there is no physical cure or physical change, God still brings healing to our mind and heart and spirit. Yes, we want to get better. Yes, we want our body to change. We want our body to be whole and well again. And God can do that and does do it. But we know that every time we pray, God is sending, bringing his word to us. He sent his word. Jesus Christ came that we might find life and have it more abundantly. He sent he is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. So every time we read the Gospels, every time we read the, the, his, the, the words that he said and the miracles that he performed, the miracles that happened, the Pentecost and the coming of the Holy, God sent his word. So we find that Jesus shows up, puts his arm around us. He's not afraid of COVID. He puts his arm around us and he speaks his word to our heart. You see, we're not at the mercy of depression or anxiety or addictions. We have his healing word. Receive the word that heals. He will bind the brokenhearted. He will proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are lost and those who are oppressed. Thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. He sends his word to us. <laughs> Amen? God, we thank you that you have sent to us the word that heals. You send your word to us, and you heal us. You make a difference in our life, in our thinking, in our spirit, in our relationship with you, and our relationship with others. We thank you, God, that there's no one greater that, Lord, you are the one who rescues us from the pit. You are the one who sustains us whenever we are weak and weary. You are the one who gives us strength whenever we feel like we can't go on. Lord, we enter into a new life with you, knowing that it's an abundant life. It's a greater life than we could ever imagine. Even with all of the pitfalls and the troubles and the difficulties that come, God, you're still there. You have sent your word to speak to our hearts, and we are healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. We are renewed. We are renewed. We are renewed. Every moment of every day, it is a new day of renewal in our relationship with you. 
These things we pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you.